I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey guys, it's Malls. I've never done this before. I'm recording a special Please Advise mini app on my cell phone. So if the audio quality is terrible, which I'm sure it is, that's why. Uh, I just really wanted to talk about this while it's fresh on my mind and while I'm passionate about it. Sometimes I tend to wait until we record to talk about certain things that have happened in the media or in my life, things that I'm feeling and I don't have the passion on the day of the recording that I do when I first really encounter the feeling. So I want to capture this because it's just really kind of fucked my day in a way. I don't know if you guys are watching, and if you aren't, you should be watching American Crime Story, The People vs. OJ on FX. Uh, it's really incredible. Of course, a lot of people are talking about David Schwimmer as Rob Kardashian. There's a lot of uh, kind of like funny Kardashian Easter eggs in the show. Um, and obviously, this is just, I mean, it was the trial of the century back then. Um, I remember the verdict. Um, I was in fifth grade and they called all these kids, all of us out to the hallway and each wing of the school was just lined with kids. I think they did the fourth, fifth, and third grade. People were, they felt old enough to handle the verdict of something that we had been dealing with daily for years, it felt like. It must have been years, I think. Um, every single day, OJ, you wake up, you hear about OJ, nighttime, before dinner, you watch the news, people are talking about OJ. At dinner, you're having conversations, people at the bank, like, Everyone was talking about OJ. And when the verdict came in, I was so young that 
I mean, I don't really know what to think. I think that when I heard not guilty, I was young enough that I really truly believed in the American justice system. This is what we were learning in school. I was 10 years old. Um, so I guess I just didn't think much of it. Um, I remember there being a lot of jokes about Marsha Clark um, as a lawyer and as a woman and as this person. I mean, there was jokes about everyone, but in particular, I remember Marsha Clark being a really big hot button during this case. However, because I was young, I didn't understand exactly the way she was being attacked and how the way that she was being attacked was incredibly different than any sort of man that was involved in the case. Um, and this is something we're obviously very familiar with now, the way that women are treated in the media. Um, Hillary Clinton, it's been incredibly difficult for her. I mean, even when she wasn't running for president, when she was just the first lady, people regularly called her a man. Speaking of the Clintons, how terrible was it that when Chelsea Clinton was like a 14-year-old girl, her dad's the president, something that she personally didn't choose, was called ugly constantly. There were so many Chelsea Clinton is ugly jokes. And it's so fucked up that that is what people did to a little girl. That's what they did to a professional woman Marsha Clark. That's what they did to a fucking intern, Monica Lewinsky, when she got involved with her married boss. Uh, something, a youthful mistake, to be honest. I think a lot of people make those mistakes when they're young. She just happened to make that mistake with the most powerful man in the world. I was really affected by this last American Crime Story episode, though. It was called Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. And it really focused on what Marsha Clark went through as a woman in this case. And I have to be honest, after, while I was watching it and after I was watching it, or after I watched it, I just kept thinking, like, I really wish that I had done, a, like, a little cursory research on what this episode was about. And maybe I would have watched it before my therapy session yesterday. But now I have to wait six days to talk about how sick I am thinking that this woman went through this. And it's only now, 20, 25 years later, that she's getting what I consider to be like her victory here. A victory that she always deserved because let's face it, OJ did that shit. Okay, <laughs> He did that shit. Um, and in the midst of trying to... Um, defend the people of Los Angeles and the Goldman family and, and the Simpson family, um, you know, she also was just viciously being bullied in a way that if anyone else showed up to work every day and was called fat and ugly and hideous and a bitch and has a bad haircut. I mean, making fun of the fact that she has naturally curly hair and that she didn't have the most necessarily flattering haircut. Is that really a crime? I mean, the woman was juggling children. She was juggling, uh, I, I mean, seeing her, hus ex her ex-husband speak out on television about her not being there for her kids when she's a single mom who was given an opportunity that if this had gone better for her, honestly, Marsha Clark would be one of the top paid lawyers working for the rest of her life. 
But because it shook down the way it did, she wasn't able to, she got a great book deal, obviously. I think it was 4.5 million. But she's not working in her chosen profession at the capacity she should because her appearance and how people perceived a woman should act during a case like that were so heavily criticized and really almost discredited her amazing work as a lawyer. It just was really so, it was so painful to watch. It was so painful to watch her get her hair done in that scene and she's getting her hair washed in the sink. And like, this is, you can tell the first time that she's done any sort of like self-care in a really long time. And like just watching the bliss on her face as she's getting her hair washed and her confidence as she was standing in the elevator waiting to walk into the courtroom and debut this new haircut. And the way that everyone looked at her in that unforgettable way that your bullies looked at you in middle school, that like you don't feel comfortable. When someone looks at you like that, when someone makes fun of your appearance like that, it ruins everything. It can I cannot stress enough how damaging, and even in my in my life in particular, how damaging it has been when I feel or when I am told that I don't look good or I'm made to feel ugly or I'm made to feel unattractive or something. I can't tell you, especially when you have to, you get, that's the first thing you hear in the morning and you have to continue your fucking day feeling like a walking freak. Everyone's looking at you. She's more, I mean, you can't help but be more concerned that people are making fun of you in their head than what you're, what the case is you're trying to argue. It, and especially in a case like this, her likability, which for some reason was dictated by her appearance and the fact that she's just a fucking strong woman, that, that kind of thought in the back of your head gnawing away at you overpowers your ability to do your job to its fullest. And that's not because she's a weak person. It's because when you're convinced that a room full of people are laughing at you, it's impossible to to like step up to the plate and do what it was you were supposed to do to do the damn thing. I bet when she was in the elevator with her new haircut, she thought today's the first day of the rest of my life. I'm going to start knocking out of the park. And instead, they humiliated her. And I know that this is a television show. Uh, I know that not everything that, I mean, I know that she didn't really cry in court if that had happened. Marsha Clark said herself, if that had happened, can you imagine what the media had done if she had really broken down in court the way that she did uh, when her news photos were exposed? I under, nude photos versus, I understand that this show is obviously dramatized, but I just, my friend Caitlin Aver said this to me on Twitter today. It's so indicative of what it is that happens to women that every day they were flat out saying, she's ugly, she's a bitch, she has a bad haircut. That guy in line making that, the guy at the grocery store holding up her box of tampons and having the fucking gall to say it looks like the defense is in for a real crazy ride this week. And then on top of that, they 
take nude photos of her that were given to the press, probably sold to the Inquirer for a great sum of money by her ex-husband. And they're everywhere. And so not only is she an ugly, unappealing bitch, but we're still going to want to see her naked. It's still interesting to see her naked. It's still interesting to violate her like that. That is fucked up. It's fucked up that Aaron Andrews is having to defend herself in court and people are saying, but you've made more money since this happened. That doesn't matter. She'll never be the same person again. Anita Hill. Even fucking Amanda Knox. I can't stop thinking about the fact Amanda Knox, it's like her entire case was blown up because she was Foxy Noxy. Do you think anyone would have paid as much attention to this case if Amanda Knox wasn't a beautiful girl? Do you think that people would still be picking her apart if they didn't look at her and think, that's a pretty girl. This is interesting. As opposed to the millions of women throughout history who maybe aren't as photogenic who have actually committed crimes. It's like you can't win. You know, and I, I, here's a question. I grew up in the eighties when I was growing up. And obviously this still is a big issue in our country. The main thing, it seemed like we were all trying to tackle outside of just say no. And of course AIDS was racism. That was something that I grew up learning about all the time in school. Racism was always a huge focus in our history classes, uh, the history of slaves, the history of how Native Americans were treated, uh, history of, of mistreatment all over the world. Racism was something that was a heavy, heavy topic growing up. And if you asked me when I was a little kid, if I thought that they would, America would elect a black man before a white woman, I would say, oh, I don't think so. I think people are are way too prejudiced to do something like that. I mean, it'd be nice if we could see it in my lifetime, but I was not expecting. I mean, how much does America hate women? How much does the world hate women? And what are we supposed to do? Because when you push back and you speak out about it, it almost makes it worse. And I, because then you're, then you're being a bitch. Then you're, you know, you're being a, you're being overly sensitive. And there are many, many wonderful things about being a woman. A woman. I honestly feel like my existence as a woman has been quite charmed. I really would prefer being a woman over a man. But when you watch something like the Marsha, Marsha, Marsha episode of People versus OJ, you realize that <laughs> we're in a much less scary media climate in that sense than we used to be. Uh, Louis Vertel, a friend of mine, uh, chimed in on Twitter when I was tweeting about this today that it does seem like people still 
have no problem going after the way Madonna looks in the press. I mean, really, honestly, truly cruel things are said about her. Same thing with Hillary Clinton. Truly cruel things are said about her. And yeah, we all joke around about, you know, Donald Trump's bad hair and like the fact that he looks like a bloated Cheeto. But like no one ever talks about their outfits. No one ever talks about if they're wearing too much makeup or not enough makeup or if that lawyer is dressed well for court. None of those things are ever an issue for men. (laughs) And I just don't know what to... There's nothing I can say about it at this point. I mean, I I think I've said everything I have to say. I just don't know how we're going to fix this. And this, in my mind, is something that really needs to be fixed. I I know I'm not alone in this. I know that this is something that people have dialogues about every single day. But it's not doing anything. We're still, like, we're still trying to ensure that women have a choice about what it is they do with their body in certain parts of this country. They legalize gay marriage, pot, getting easier and easier to get pot now and go to fly out to Colorado. We got like 11 states in this nation selling weed medically now, maybe even more. But a fucking woman can't decide what to do with her body unless she wants to put some weed in it or gay marry someone. (laughs) It's fucking crazy. And um, I don't know what we do. That's the that's the worst part. I don't have any sort of solution. I wish I could put some sort of button on this and be like, you guys, I figured it out. I started a GoFundMe. This is the solution to changing people's minds and telling them that women are not objects at their disposal to criticize or put kids in or whatever else whatever kind of sick shit it is that people for some reason think they can do to women. I don't have the answer. There ain't no GoFundMe page. Um, I guess, honestly, we're gonna have to wait for a lot of assholes to die. So there's that. Assholes will die. We gotta keep talking about it. Because like when even watching this I mean, I consider myself to be someone who's pretty well-versed on media and on feministic issues and women and culture. And, I mean, that show was a fucking trigger fest for me today. I don't even like that word, trigger. But it was a fucking trigger fest. It was, I really... I just really needed to talk about this. And I hope you talk about it. I hope you watch that episode. I hope you watch it with your families. I hope you watch it with your boyfriends and your male friends and anyone in your life you think might not realize how bad it is out there to be a chick. It's not a lot of like, like a Lily Allen song. I don't know. All right, you guys, thanks for listening. Uh, We'll be back to our regularly scheduled episodes on Wednesday per usual. I just asked Christina Lopez to post this for me. So that's it. Mini up complete. God bless Marsha Clark.